Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. How are you doing? So we just watched two episodes. We did episodes three and four. And per usual, what we're trying to do, promoting people listening to this and watching back at the same time, we want them to follow along. So we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Okay, so this episode, we really get introduced to a couple new characters. And these are dynamite characters. When I say dynamite characters, I mean one of them is fucking dynamite and one really sucks. So one dynamite character. (laughs) There's one dynamite character here. First thing I had down here, so they had to get back into this mode of Seth vying for Summer's love and affection. Yeah, they rebooted it. It's like he got her season one Mm -hmm. and everything was awesome and then... It can't end there, because that's where the goodness of the show was, watching Seth rooting for him, trying to get his dream girl, and somehow they beautifully just brought us right back to square one and we're rooting for him again. We always talk about what didn't test for shit, and now I'd like to say what does test for shit, and what definitely does test for shit is a nerd guy who's got just enough redeeming qualities and just good looking enough that you really root for him, Mm -hmm. have him vying for a girl that, in this world, is out of his league. I love that. Everyone loves it. So they get back to that. He's the ultimate relatable character. <clears throat> so what they do is they bring this chick. So for context, what they do is they bring this chick, Lindsay, in, who's like a nerd. She's poor. Yeah, she is poor. They make that very clear. Beat that over our heads. The first scene we see her in, it's just represented how poor she is. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. It, it, this, yeah. show does, this show does warp you where you start to just... Hate pores. Yeah, you really, you really <laughs> judge poor people. You hate the poor. Yeah, you're like... It, and it's California poor, too. So if Lindsay and her family or if some of these other characters lived in the Midwest or any other part of the country, they'd probably be doing just fine. But when you contrast it with the OC rich, they look like they're destitute. I mean, I was thinking, like, in the United States, the issue, a lot of the discourse has been throughout our history has been like, oh, I like where this is going. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous for you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, in the United, in these United States, yeah. continental U.S. I don't even know how. So we're not including Alaska or uh, yeah. Hawaii. Who knows how Hawaii has worked in in their history? Fuck them. But fuck, fuck Hawaii. Beautiful though. Beautiful. We love you. We love our I, although, Hawaiian listeners. Waikiki, I could do without. I went to Waikiki once and it was, I mean, it was so fucking crowded. I couldn't even get like a spot on the beach and I just wished I wasn't there. Big Macs at McDonald's were like $17. I've never been. I stay on the main line. Speaking of, go on about okay, these Okay, so in the continental U.S., in our history, what have we had problems with? What have we had issues with? Race relations. Yeah. Correct. I won't, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say is there's been, there's been a lot of discourse in Britain. And I learned this when I studied abroad in London, in Britain, all their issues were about class in their history. Like the poor people were treated like 
idiots. Really? Does that go all the way back to like? It goes back like, like kings and peasants and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, probably like Christopher Columbus days. There's probably a bunch of poor people like mopping up the ship. I thought he was Spanish. I mean, who knows? Fuck it. <laughs> who knows? I'll They're tell all... you this much though: Chris Columbus was probably being a real dick to the help on the ship. Oh, I guarantee Chris Columbus was an asshole to the servants. So, essentially, that's what's happening here in the OC. So what you're saying is it's that like the grim. European class system does yeah. exist very heavily in this. Yeah, so let me obviously steer way clear of talking about anything that's race-related. I was so excited <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm going to stay very clear of that. However, what I will I mean, do... We could have, just to let you guys know, we could have figured that out. I mean, we could have figured it out for us, but you know, not for the like whole. in a yeah, we we could have probably solved at least like one or two things. We probably could have solved it all, but we won't do that today. <laughs> we know. We'll do that. We'll save that for like a special two part. That's a teaser for it's when just, we do get around to solving the racial problems in our. You know what's in our United what's States. difficult is that we'll never really probably get to like real political stuff because we both just hate politics don't know much about it all politics whenever i talk to someone who's super political i'm just like counting the seconds until they stop talking for me it's different for me it's like if i get in a conversation about let's say the nba for example like i know the surface stuff like lebron james Oh, like uh, hanging I chats. Know, like you two, know about hanging chats. You know, one three one defense. I know the pick and roll. I know some of these <laughs> service level things. Yeah. But as soon as the conversation goes stats, historical data. wins, yeah. data, like uh, actual strategy props, of the game, props. I just I shut down. Like Proposition Eight. Yeah. Like proposition Eight. A good analogy <laughs> would be somebody starts talking propositions. Any it number would be of like if you and another NBA fan started talking about like. How getting, to hedge on the pick and roll. Or like getting the rotations right. The players, certain matchups. Right. I'd just be like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But, so what you're saying but yes, I'm Prop 8. <laughs> you know, what you're saying is you know very little about a lot of things. But you don't really know a lot about certain, many things. I'm a breadth, breadth guy. Yeah. <laughs> you're a breadth guy. I'm a breadth, yeah. breadth guy. Okay, so what I want to say to get back to the guy. OC is that essentially they're in a class system in in the county of Orange. And so what happens is, is if you're poor, you're treated like servants on a Chris Columbus ship searching for America. You know what I mean? Essentially. And so they have this... If, let's just say this. If you live in the wrong part of town, you're treated like the Native Americans that Christopher Columbus found when he did get to the country. Let's stick to what we know. What we know is this. Lindsay's poor as fuck. And she's treated like that. And so, okay, we'll just, to show that, we're going to just play this quick clip. This is, this is what she, this is how she's treated. Excuse me. I'm new. Um, is it all right to park here? Sure. You're not embarrassed. Okay, so clearly she she's treated like a total. Wow, idiot. those girls were mean. So so just yeah, for a visual, she's pulling up in like a beat up like 1981 Volvo into their school, and these two like clearly rich girls with style and taste, they come up and they're just like, oh God, the, the look of disgust on their face with someone just pulling up in a poor person car, is is a real sight to see. 
Another thing I just wanted to say is I was thinking about this in terms of we were, we were talking about, you know, Britain. Yeah. I just want to say... I like this through line. It's clear that Caleb... Caleb is a British guy, that actor, whoever plays him. I didn't know that. He's British. And so when you ever watch back on like the bloopers or the deleted scenes, like this podcaster has, (laughs) (laughs) you'll see like when he fucks up and has a blooper, they'll like show him and he's like, oh man, oh my God, I messed up. I really messed up, man. (laughs) I was half Jamaican, half British. And and so... um, it really comes through on some of his lines where like it's clear that like the dialect coach, the American dialect coach for that actor, like fucked up and missed it. Cause he's talking about like he, he has this scene where he's in the car with Sandy and he just got out of jail because as you know he was sent to jail for bribing city officials. And he he gets in the car and he's like, I was treated so inhuman here. Oh, inhuman. Yeah. And he meant to say inhumane. But he's like inhuman, and so it was that's clear. The, that's the British squeaking out. It's squeaking right on out, and they didn't catch it. And I, you know, we were complimenting Josh Schwartz. We were complimenting him this whole show about like, but he did have some fuck ups like that. Like if you're Schwartz, and you're the showrunner. Every once in a while, you want to button those up. You want to get them buttoned up. That always blows my mind though with the British actors who play American, like House. Oh, he's British. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, I didn't he's know that. full on British. And uh, Idris Elba. Oh, I knew that. That ass like, goes. He was just named sexiest man of the year. I'll buy that. Yeah, he's a pretty hot guy. Pretty sure ladies love your. It, 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 what's his name? Idris? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Is that is that a war? Do you have to like campaign for that? Is it all like a PR thing? I mean, that's that's it's yeah. political, dude. There's just as much about hotness career-wise as there is on just overall looks hotness-wise. Because I'm pretty sure like Julia Roberts has won that award before. She's not hottest person alive. I would never say that. It's all political. Our friend Hank would definitely say that. He's had some very explicit dreams about Julia (laughs) Julia Roberts. (laughs) Well, whenever we have Hank on, our friend, to break down, he's also a fellow teen TV drama. Whenever we have him on, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll dive deeper into his Julia Roberts dreams. Last thing I'll say about Caleb. That's for him to share, not us. It's for him. That's for him. We might have outed him, but yeah. The last thing I'll say about Caleb is that um, add pumpkin muffins to the short list of things he loves. Yeah, we're at White Lights. White Lights. What? White Lights. Dom Perignon. Dom Perignon. He hates cilantro. Clearly, that has been covered in depth. Loves pumpkin muffins. Loves pumpkin muffins. That's good to know. I'll tell you what. If we're ever throwing a, a party for Caleb Nickel... Which, who knows? I'm not going to roll that out. It might happen. If that ever happens, I think we know exactly what to do. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> we could make him so happy. Okay, so let's just get, let's just get into the meat of this. Because we've, we've been putzing around here a little bit. And I think the biggest thing that happens in episodes three and four, like we said, the biggest thing that happens is the introduction of one Miss Olivia Wilde. Oh my god, dude. I was pretty excited about this. Uh, Been looking forward to it. Honestly, where would you rank her for all-time most attractive human beings? She's up there. Top four? Maybe. I'd have to go, <laughs> I'd have to go through and uh, see where my list is at. I, I, do, yeah. I do remember that even if, obviously, she's gone on to uh, huge stardom, and she's a household name, though, but a 
15-year-old Pat was really, really excited about Alex. I'll tell you what, a 31-year-old Brian is very That's what I'm saying. Intrigued. But now you know her her whole career and everything. And that, but she, when she came on the scene, it was like, whoa. She, so they bring this girl, they bring Olivia Wilde in. This is before she's famous. And she's they, they want her as this edgy rocker. So the whole thing is that she is the manager of this place called The Bait Shop, which is ideal for the world of Josh Swartz in the County of Orange because what they do is their whole MO has been cut down on production costs and have like these lesser known bands make a name for themselves and like, you know, you, you don't pay a lot of money for this indie music. Lesser known bands like The Killers. They and made The Killers Death famous. Yeah, that's one of the sweetest things. They pull in this bait shop. The Killers, Death Cab for Cutie, Walkman. I, some of these are they're not super famous, but like all these bands, they were not known at all before this show. Right. And this show made them famous. So now what Schwartz is doing is he's like, we just need uh, like a hub. Like we need a place for them to go. And like really, now not only are we going to hear the characters talk about them, we're going to see the characters like at their shows live and really blow these bands up. And it's so much cooler because in season one, a lot of the things that they would do at like a bait shop type place happened at these weird um, like charity oh, yeah. type events oh, yeah. and like parent parties. But now in these scenes, we cut the parents out and we got like a cool spot for all the kids to get together and for drama to happen there. Yeah, Not get to them mention all, all the music that's happening. And apparently they just don't ID at the bait shop because uh, there's alcohol flowing like crazy and all these 16 and a half year olds are just drinking whenever they want. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I wonder if it's like a wristband situation, something like that. Yeah, they probably commandeered a couple wristbands. Classic. That reminds me of the funniest story that uh, you've ever been a part of, which is um, you actually were 21 in college mm -hmm. with a real ID. Sure was. And still couldn't get into a bar. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest things that's happened to me. <laughs> Just tell that story. Watch it. So we both went to IU, and at Indiana, they had these like hardcore police called the excise police, I guess. And their specific job was to bust people for alcohol. Yeah, underage so like, drinking. Yeah, that was their whole thing. And every once in a while, they would all just kind of show up at a bar and it would just be like, they would shake the place down for underage drinkers. There was something happening where all of our friends were going to the same bar. Uh, shout out Bluebird in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> I don't blame the Bluebird for this experience. Uh, and they and they just like, everyone got in. Everyone, everyone was yeah. in. I was like a little late or something. And so... All of my friends were in this bar, and that's what we were going to do that night. The excise were sitting there with the regular bouncer and double-checking everybody's ID. So you show your ID to the bouncer, he hands it yeah. to the policeman, they check your ID hardcore, and this guy's looking at my ID, and I guess Ohio just changed their license. Yeah. Uh, and I was very much 21 at the time. <laughs> you were actually, we, and by the way, we, we who all had all gone in there, I, I think you're a little, you're like a couple months older than, than, than a lot of us. And so you were actually 21. I think some of us for months. Were I was 21 for like four or five months at this point. Yeah. And, and some of us really did have fake IDs and we're in there with like other people's IDs. And then you actually did have a real ID. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, yeah, didn't he? He was, he, well, he was such a dick. And uh, he's just looking at me, and he gives me this, like, smug-ass look. He's like, hm. all right, here's your one opportunity. Come clean. To come clean. Be honest. Be no honest. one likes a liar. Be honest with me. Be honest. <laughs> I, I know this is a fake. I mean, be honest with me. How old are you, man? How old are you? 
Just like, you know, 16, just, I'm 16. <laughs> just ag- unnecessarily <laughs> aggressive how certain cops are trying to throw you off. And he's just like, all right, just just be honest with me. This is your chance. This is your chance. I'm going to take this ID. You just tell me how old you are and you can leave. I was just like, sir, if I told you any other age <laughs> than 21, I'd be lying to you right now. And that's the first thing. I don't talk back to cops, but that's the first thing that popped into my head. Sir, I don't know what and else to tell you. He got so I, fucking I, mad and just kicked me out. Sir, I'd love to tell you that I am like, you're right, you got me. But I am genuinely the yeah. age that I the think he, he was kind of unaware. But at that point, he was so pot committed to being a dick and kicking me out that he gave me my ID back because he didn't want to steal an ID. But either way, you're not getting in tonight. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, but didn't he say? Didn't he try and keep your ID? And you're like, I need that back. I yeah, that. it was something. I did get my ID back yeah. because I was. I'm he like, tried I'm to not keep going it. back to Ohio and getting a new fucking license. Yeah. Anyways, I just went into the other door and had a great night. Yeah, yeah. So hate that guy. That guy's a real douche knob. And I'm glad the listeners got a taste of this is how this is how young Pat looks. He he's 21. He's he when he's 21, he still looks like he's 16. Now you're 31, and you still look like you're 23. Yeah, 24. Which is a good thing. That's only gonna that's only gonna pay dividends like when you get to fifty and people still think you're like thirty seven, mm-hmm. that's when it's like really gonna start paying off. There's a tip for the kids. Eat right, kids. Eat, eat right. Eat right and exercise twice a week. No more. Stay clear of those baconators, kids. Um, <laughs> so Olivia Wilde, to get back to her, um, this is before she was famous. I would say that Olivia Wilde's eyes are the most you lock in. And it's like, imagine seeing her in person, those eyes. I'd just be like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't have a conversation with you. I cannot, I am transfixed by your eyes. Like I, I'm, ha- I'm struggling here. Yeah, I, I don't know how Ryan Reynolds, who, wait, who's she dating? Ryan Reynolds? Um, shit. He's a no, comedian no, he's, from SNL. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is he's with. He's super cool. I guess that makes sense. So Ryan Reynolds is actually with. That girl from Gossip Girl. Blake Lively. There you go. Fun fact about me. Shoe brother. (laughs) He is my shoe brother. When I worked at the PR company in Los Angeles, apparently Ryan Reynolds was one of the actors that we represented. And they just had, they would always, apparently, like you just give actors free shit all the time. And they just had all these like shoes, like really cool PF flyers that were just sitting there in boxes in in the offices. And I was like, Hey, what's up? F- fucking PF Flyers sitting here in my exact shoe size. Like, mm. what's up? And they're like, oh, those were shoes that we were going to give to Ryan Reynolds for like a like a like some sort of event. And he just, uh, he didn't want them. So we just have them here. And I, was, nice. and, they're, and I was like, okay, well, those are my size. And that would, those would fit and look really good on me. And then they were just like, all right, yeah, you can have them. Whatever. They're just sitting here. So forever... I am, I will be known as Ryan Reynolds' shoe brother. That's something to hang your hat on. It's a pretty cool thing about me. Um, um, she, so you were talking about her eyes. I was noticing in this, she kind of, she's got a weird look. She looks like an alien. Kind so, of, but in a very In a way. hot way. Yeah. Well, because they realized this is, again, in what didn't test for shit. They they initially they wanted her as like this edgy rocker who's like hey it's this she's the manager of the bait shop super and all this. she's really intimidating in this because she's so cool she's so cool and edgy 
And like they were like, oh, we got to give her a cool, edgy hairstyle. We like have a little piece of her hair that's like colored purple, even though she's blonde. And they like put her in this hairstyle that is literally looks like the hairstyle from like the characters in the Hunger Games, like what you would think a future, <laughs> like a future haircut looks yes, like. It's got a future cut. It's like got a lot of bright colors in it, and it's like weird, like hairsprayed in weird directions, and like with weird hoops and stuff. That clearly didn't test for shit because, like, two episodes later, she's just back to, you know, we can still have her be edgy, but, like, maybe we just have, like, her have a purple streak in her hair, but it doesn't need to be, like, five hours worth of hairspray put in it and Mm -hmm. weird stuff happening. She's got the tattoo. Butterfly Butterfly tattoo. Did did we talk about this earlier? Where are you on the tattoos? I mean, I don't mind. No, we didn't. And if we did, well, too bad. I don't mind tattoos, but that one is not hot to me. I don't like that. Where are you on like a sleeve of tattoos? If you have a sleeve, I guess like if it fits like your personality, like you're kind of like an edgy, like that's kind of your thing. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I would say like if you're covered in tattoos, I really don't want them on like, you know, the good areas. Yeah, like I don't need tattoos covering like your ass or like your boobs, or like anywhere else. I don't really need tattoos there. Like, just leave that to like the standard stuff. But, I mean, like a sleeve, if it like fits her personality and it's kind of part of her vibe. I mean, my dad's going to be pissed if I ever bring her home. But that makes it even hotter. Oh, yeah. Piss your dad off a little bit. Piss my dad off. (laughs) Um, Can I just say another fun fact about me? And I was thinking about this when I was watching this. When I first started, and this is kind of a confessional, guilty as charged, I was not in on the OC in season one. I didn't watch live. Okay. I didn't watch. And it's one of the biggest regrets of my life. I did. So. Yeah, I know. Fuck me. I'm a Mm -hmm. total idiot. I didn't watch live. I started watching when I was hearing all this hype about it, and I'm like, everyone's always fucking talking about this show. So when season two started, I started watching in season two. I watched what they used to do on these shows is they would play half the season. Then they would go on break for the entire month of October because Fox had all the baseball playoffs on it. So they would play like 12 episodes, then go on like a month long break, play all the playoffs and then come back and show the second half of the season. So what I did is I started watching season two during that break in season two I was obviously in, and then re- I went back and watched all of season one to get caught up on all the backstory I've missed. I probably watched all 27 hours worth of season one in under two days. Good on you. Oh, God. Crushed it. So, the thing I'll, that uh, as I finish up this confessional, what I'll say is, without all that context of season one, I was legitimately watching season two, like, pissed that Seth wasn't just, like, getting with Olivia Wilde. Oh, like, you're like, why is he wasting time with this other person? Yeah, I'm like, Summer sucks. Like, Summer blows. Fuck that chick. Olivia Wilde is wow, a Wow, that's an 30... interesting perspective. Yeah, I was like, Olivia Wilde is a 30 out of 10 in the looks department. Summer, I didn't have the whole, like, background of all their history, she's girl next door, all that stuff. I didn't have that, and so I was just like, based on looks, I was like, why is he fucking... Why can he not get Summer out of his head? Like, why are you... Did it make sense, though, after you watched season yeah, three? Yeah, I watched... rooting for Seth and Summer to get back together? Uh, yeah, totally. Once I saw that, I was like, oh, they need to be together. They, I need that. Okay, so that's that. That's it on Olivia Wilde. Two Did new you... characters. One we really like. The other one, 
Oh, so just to tie a bow on Lindsay, it's not all that just because she's poor that we don't like her. Her personality sucks. I I wrote down, let's try to figure out why we don't like her so much. Okay, let me give you one example on that. Here's why we don't like her so much. She handles school projects like an insane loser. She she does come off really insane. It's quotes for me. It's quotes they both like, did. Her and Ryan came off like like handling. Her and Ryan handle school projects. I, I've never I, I never want to deal with these people like in work or anything. They suck. I also made note that we talked about at the end of season two, like they totally got rid of school. Like it wasn't even. Right. They never talked about school. They never brought it up. It was oh, yeah. not even in their life, and it was just almost to the point where it was weird and distracting. Like. These people are living the lives of 20-somethings without jobs. Yeah. And then, I don't know if they got the note or what happened, but season two, school comes back hard. Oh, yeah. Right. And Ryan's studying. He's doing class projects. Physics. Talking about his AP classes, doing work at the table, and I hate it. (laughs) I was just thinking. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So so clearly, like, they got some notes like, hey, are these kids still in high school, Josh Schwartz? And he's like, oh shit, I gotta put him back in high school. Just when you say AP classes, just remind you, I only took one AP class in my life and I made it through about mm, two days of it. And then I just went, because AP classes weren't required, but it was always like at our high school, it was like, if you take them though, it's gonna look real good. Mm -hmm. Real good. And you get some college credit. (laughs) That Um, was the exact sell, yeah. Yeah, and so I would get, I think I got, I took an AP Spanish class, I got two days in, and it was way too short-sighted to think about the credit in college, like long-term, how that was gonna net out in a positive direction, and just dropped it and took a free period for the entire rest of the year. Good call. Good call. Um, okay, so yeah, the handle. So so back to Ryan and Lindsay. They handle school projects like fucking loser idiots, and I think they're both fucked beyond repair. If I ever got, you know, you would always get attached to like a group in a school project, mm-hmm. and whenever that was the case, my mode was always like, hey, you know what? Look, guys, no need to meet here. No need. Let's let's all divvy up real quick. Let's do some divvying. Scott, why don't you take care of this? Uh, Amanda, why don't you take care of this? I'll do this. Um, we all kind of now separate. and Nothing nothing would suck more than when you got with the group that just wanted to do every step of the process together. Yeah, like, hey, let's all go it's to the like, library. Yeah, and I'll just hunker down for like seven hours yep. with each other. And, and really just iron this out. I would always be like, fuck that. Scott? Scott, bud? Why don't you, you take chapter one and two and then you put that... And then, like I was saying, Amanda, you take care of this. We all leave. We all spend five minutes here just divvying out roles and responsibilities. Then we all leave. I procrastinate this for the next week and a half. And then four hours before we're to get back together and meet, I will do my part and put my shit together. And then we'll all bring it together and meet for 10 minutes and then leave again. The only way that it would be cool in any way is if there's some romantic potential in your group, which oh, I guess yeah. is happening here, but they still make it uninteresting. I but think were, were just, you getting with a lot of practice heroes? You're getting with a lot of practice heroes of those types, of the ilk of like, hey, you know what, guys? Let's stay here. Why don't we just stay here in the library yeah. and let's spend the next seven hours like really lot, hashing out? Surprisingly, it's most of the people in the business school were... Into school, yeah, like shocking to me. Yeah, congratulations, guys, real heroes, real heroes. We're not even getting paid for this, guys. Chill out. 
I always was just thinking in college, like, everyone needs to fucking relax. Like, how about you just, like, fucking just take a chill pill on, like, group projects? Like, no one's winning awards here. (laughs) Yeah, let's get a good grade, but we don't need, no heroes needed. So, okay, they're they're doing school projects. Um, Lindsay blows ass. Lindsay does this bullshit move where, and by the way, I'll have a quick thing about Ryan in a second, but Lindsay does this thing where she hates Ryan. Because she thinks he's just another rich kid. Just right out of the gate. So hostile towards him. She hates him right out of the gate. They get attached to this school project. So she thinks she's like this, you know, prissy, like, I'm so much better than everyone. I'm so much smarter. Yeah, I'm poor. She's so smug. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so poor poor and smug. She's the smuggest poor person Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in Los Angeles. And so then she does the entire school project. And then Ryan gets with her and he's like, what should we do? Should we exchange numbers? Like, what's up? And she's like, oh, no, I already did it. Don't worry, you'll get an A. And then Ryan does the biggest douche move of all time where he's like, I'm not standing for this. Snitch. Snitches her out, goes up to the teacher. He's like, hey, uh, Mr. Anderson, who's got the weirdest goatee facial hair I've ever seen, I just want you to know that uh, there was no collaboration on this project. There was no collaboration whatsoever. She did the whole thing by herself. And then the teacher's like, what? What? Go, you know what? Lindsay, you guys need to do some like real work. You got a new project. And I think Ryan, his move there, it makes me about as sad in my underpants as I possibly be. Oh, God. What's the upside? Yeah, just take the A, Ryan. Like, fucking. First of all, calm down. Go home and you're a fucking rat. Second of all, now you. It's not like he's going to be like. Hey Ryan, thanks for thanks for pointing that out. You know what? You get an A in the class. Now, no, no, that's not gonna have, happen. You're just gonna get punished. He blew it. He blew it. Not literally, but figuratively. So, okay, what I want to say is, this is happening with Ryan and Lindsay. As that's happening with Ryan and Lindsay, Seth is he's kind of like trying to get Summer back by getting like he's starting to work at the bait shop because he's like. Oh, I'm gonna like work here and get free tickets whole, for summer. He's got a whole plan. He's got a whole plan to get summer back, essentially. In doing that, he's actually starting to get like Alex kind of into him because he's just being his no- normal, like super charming, yep. like self. And I was also thinking, like, if you're really charming and you have a high amount of self awareness, it makes up for so many shortcomings you may have personality wise you get away with so much oh yeah the simple fact of calling out your shortcomings makes them kind of okay makes them just go away yeah because he's always like kind of ripping on himself but in like a charming funny way so like alex is kind of like into him it seems like because it's like oh this guy's kind of pathetic but he's like so aware that he's pathetic that it's his thing that it's kind of like just his jam and it's like judo he's just turned all of his weaknesses and strengths it's amazing oh yeah that's a good point yeah he's definitely turning his weaknesses into strengths but yeah he's so focused on i can't tell if it's that he's talking about another girl or if he's just so not concerned with trying to i think you nailed it when you just said he's just being his normal self he's just here's the thing whatever your personality traits are then you just got to lean into that. You got to own it and you just crush that. And I think that's what he does and that's what is so appealing. Like when we talked to intern Whitney last week, even with this hot water polo playing Zach in the picture, she's still like all about Seth. Yeah. And it's just all personality wise. Okay. 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 Leave that there. Um, 
I want to pivot here. And I want to pivot because we have not talked about Marissa at all. For good reason. Because Pretty she's quiet sucks. episode for Marissa. It was a quiet episode for her. We watched the entire episode three, and we just spent all this time on this DJ guy, and there was literally nothing on DJ he in wasn't. episode three. He wasn't even in the episode. No. So not a big Marissa episode in episode three. However, there was some Marissa sightings in episode four. This brings me to my MC ITW of the week. And again, this is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by our fine sponsors at Wicklow Wear. That is W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklow Wear. Get 10% off your entire order. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. 10% off your order. Wicklowwear.com. Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. When she does Moonlight In, and she kind of gets back into the picture in episode four, we start to see that Marissa is either on drugs or she is severely mentally handicapped. And the reason I say that is because she has this ability to just go to like a lifeguard stand and sit there for an insurmountable amount of time and just think... Just stare. I don't even know if there's thoughts happening. It's just more... That's why I'm wondering... This I'm just confused. Like, is she all there mentally? Because if you want to, th- if you want to have a think, you can do that in your room. A little brood. You can brood anywhere. But why does she have to like go to public places and put her brooding, project that onto everyone else? She, it's she's. It's almost like she's having a break from reality. I'm glad we watched Eighth Ocean because I learned a little something in that show, which is when someone's dead in the eyes, it really comes through. The was the Tank? girl? No, what was the one of everyone. The, the one, no, one of the twins was oh. cri- criticized for being dead in the eyes. Oh, Sabrina. So during these hardcore brood scenes, which are supposed to be kind of emotional with Marissa, she's just got this blank look on her face. I do. It just looks like nothing's happening. I there. think she's mentally handicapped. <laughs> I I genuinely do, dude. I don't. We started at that. We started that thinking out when. We were try- trying to figure out there is no other way that she wouldn't have known that Oliver was into her. That she just <laughs> yeah. was messing a few pieces yeah. in the brain. Yeah. And that's that's coming right back here with her just Yeah, and like in that Oliver episode, we were talking about how like, I mean, we gave her the biggest props. The only time we weren't shitting on Marissa is when she was able to put two and two together on the whole Natalie Bishop concierge thing. Yeah. That was... And then it was like, wow, Marissa really, she actually used her brain for like the first time in her life. So, yeah, I'm just, I don't get it. There's she needs no, a hobby, dude. She That's need, what it is. There it is. There it is. She needs a fucking hobby. Anything. I know this is before cell phones, so she can't play like, you know, she can't be playing like Angry Birds or, you know, any of the cell phone games. I, I just, yeah, she needs something other than just like, I have to go to a public place and make everyone else aware that I'm brooding mm-hmm. and fucking dragging everyone into my fucking shit. And just go do it in your room. Like we've said, just go cry in your room, Marissa. God damn it. Jesus, save everybody else. Yeah, like, don't put your shit on everyone else, Marissa. This is why you're the worst of the week. That's why you've done it. On this podcast, my Carious Living podcast, you've once again proven that you are the fucking idiot that we all hate. You're the worst of the week. And that is, again, brought to you by Wicklow, where be free and explore, get all your outdoor gear. They're good. They're good stuff. That's that. They're good guys. That's good. I got a hat. I love it. Yeah, I got so much Wicklow gear, dude. I literally just wore some Wicklow gear outdoors at a Packers game this past weekend. Went up to Green Bay with my dad. 
had some Wicklow gear on. That looked like a pretty good time. It was a great time. Great time. Okay, so I, I do kind of want to get into another another thing. And get then, on it, man. And this is why, and you know, you already gave a tip for the kids, and I want to give a tip for the kids. Kids, this is what you need to know. Before I give this tip for the kids, actually, we need to provide some context. So let's explain what's going on with this guy, Zach. The water polo playing Zach. What I think is a Kroger brand version of Seth Cohen, but what other people might say is supposed to be like the better version. Not the Kroger brand, but the better version of Seth Cohen. Right. The hotter guy who's into like the same interests as him. So the thing that's happening here is Seth is really trying to get Summer back into him. He's doing all these things like buying her tickets to the show, to the bait shop. He's like trying to get her to like notice him and like, hey, he cares about someone other other than himself. She's told him that he's very self-centered and he only cares about himself. So he's taken that very quite literally. And he's like, you know what? I need to start doing some stuff for her. I'll buy her tickets to the show. While she's doing this, Zach is trying to play it so cool because it's very clear to Zach where it's like, oh, this other guy is trying to get my girl. Yep. And so he's trying to like sort of do this like very mature, oh, I'm, I'm evolved. I'm so evolved. Uh, he's in a tough spot. He's in a horrible spot. But this brings me to my tip for the kids. You kids, listen, what you have to do, kids, is if you find yourself in a situation where you're kind of with this girl, but it's very clear that another guy is trying to wedge in and you want to know how to combat this other guy, kids, you have to find a very fine line between being like overly jealous because you never want to come off jealous. Bad look. Terrible look. You want to come, you want to find a fine line about not, about being a little jealous, but not too jealous, but not being too open and looking like a pushover bitch. What he did was he was like, she was like, hey, this ex-boyfriend of mine invited me to a show. Yikes. Uh, I don't know. Should I go? Should I not? Uh, You know, she's looking for a reaction out of him, like a little fire, you know, because he's so even keeled and how he handles it is he goes... Hey, you know what? Go. Go ahead. But he doesn't do it in like a facetious way. He does it in like a way that's like, he's genuinely saying like, I'm so evolved. I'm better than this. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. No, seriously, go. Because I think this is good for you. It's good for you to explore your feelings, Summer, and what you have going on and like explore everything that's percolating in your mind. That's not how to handle it. Because then she's, impo- wa- she's walking away like, does this guy not care about me? He don't give a fuck? It, it seems like in that moment, he gave up. Exactly. He's like, this is out of my hands. If she still likes this guy, fucking that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, he kind of gave up. So here's the tip. The tip for the kids is, kids, you want to keep the girl guessing. You want to keep her on her toes. You want to keep her like not understanding what you're really thinking. Because... What we were talking about. You want to push a little gas and then push a little on the brakes. You don't want to be all gas and you don't want to be all brakes. So you don't want to be pushing so hard that you're like all in that jealousy camp. That's a bad look. But you don't want to be such a pushover that she's just thinking, this guy doesn't give a fuck. You got to push the, Pussy. You got to push the brakes enough that she's craving the gas. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this also comes in with, uh, with Seth's situation 
as we'll kind of see. It's, so it's happening on both sides a little bit. Yeah. And so Zachness plays it. Sethness plays it. Yeah. Classic. Just this classic. This is what we would have done too. Just your mis your, so your so, misplaying situation. So so you you laid out what Zach did in the situation, which I thought was like he just he just didn't have any cards left because the boyfriend that's clearly kind of the one is back in the picture. He basically just said, go back to Seth without saying he made those it words. Exactly. But like it the ended s- up, he got lucky, and he fu- and Seth fucked it up. Yeah, because, yeah, in this specific case, he was battling another idiot dude who right. was fucking up. But you can't count on that. Exactly. So how do you play that? So what, so what, what we were kind of talking about, if you listen to the sage advice from intern Whitney last week of, like, people gravitate towards the complicated. But I think a caveat to that is they don't want overcomplicated. It needs to just be enough complicated, which in my mind makes me think you got to keep it guessing. You have to constantly be zigging and zagging. We, you were talking about Seth is in a similar situation, and we were talking about how does Seth handle that. This is fine be, for the kids. If you're <laughs> Seth, if you're Seth, kids. Kids are getting some good advice today. Yeah, they really are. If you're Seth, how you want to handle that is, yes, you invite Summer to the show. That's you pushing the gas a little bit. When you get to the show, now if you're Seth, you push the brakes. That keeps the signals mixed. That keeps her think. The whole mode that you're trying to be in is you need her to be thinking about you constantly. Doesn't really matter if it's good or bad. You just have to be on her mind. She has to be thinking about you. All press is good press in this situation. Exactly. If you're Zach, you have no press right now, which means it's bad. She's not having to think about you because you're just so down the middle and, and predictable that she's not spending time thinking, what's Zach thinking? What's he thinking? What's he doing? I don't understand. You're not on her mind. Seth then blows it too because it's like how she he should have handled that is she shows up. He pumped the, He was pushing the gas. She actually then shows up. Now he pushes the brakes. When she gets there, now it's all like, oh, yeah, oh, where's Zach? Oh, he's not here? Oh, yeah, I thought I thought you guys were going to, yeah, anyways, uh, well, have fun. have fun. I literally just invited you guys because I thought you'd enjoy the show. So, I'm working here. I'm, I'll yeah. do my own thing. Anyways, uh, have a good time. There's some people, yeah. So then he goes and starts, he, he needed to go and start flirting with, like, laughing, joking around, flirtatious, little sexual touching with Alex. And then it would have led to that classic scene where they start playing the slow motion, they start playing the music, and Summer's like looking from a distance by herself because Zach isn't there. Who's she not thinking about? Zach. Exactly. Who is she thinking about? Seth Cohen. Who's been pumping bricks and pumping gas. That's all I'm saying. That's how you have to handle it. And then, so, okay, so my main question is this. That all makes sense to me. I need you to give some advice to Zach because he's fucking dead in the water. Should he have let her go to the concert but just been like, you go fucking work yes. your shit out. I'm pissed. So that way she's like, fine, I'll go yeah. to the concert. But she's like, and she's thinking about him at the show? Yeah. I think is that what, what you want if you're Zach is exactly what we were just saying that Seth should have done. What you want if you're Zach is you want her to be thinking about you. The only way she's thinking about you is if she can't understand what the fuck you're doing. So it's kind of like counterintuitive. If you're Zach, what you do is you go, yeah, no, seriously, no, seriously, all good, yeah, go to the show, good time, no, we're all good, and then she'll be like, you don't seem like it's all good, it's like, no, seriously, we're all good here, no, all good, 
And then you just bounce. Bounce immediately. Leave it a little unsettling. You know? Like, no. All right. Yeah. No. All good. You go have fun. I'll see you later. So you're saying do the exact same thing you did, but just don't leave it on good terms like he's a fucking superhero. Don't leave it on good terms like you're evolved. That even annoyed me. Yeah. When you walk out, she's got to be thinking. Did I fuck up? He didn't. Did he I said just, he was good, but um, he didn't seem might good. Might not be good. Did I fuck us up? Am I risking it all right now just to go see Seth Cohen? And then she's thinking about him all night, and then maybe she's like texting him, and he's not really responding promptly. And then, if you're him, it's a again a fine line because you don't want to be out like hooking up with another girl. That's going too far. That's way too much that's, breaks. That's way too many breaks. But just leave the question going in her head for a few hours. You know, like. And then when finally she gets a hold of you, she's been thinking about it. It's been stewing for hours. All the possibilities in her head, in her head that she's. I thought you maybe you went like back to Jessica. I thought maybe you were with Jessica because I couldn't get a hold of you. And it's like, no, I wasn't. No, I. Just I wasn't thinking about and it. And with all this, if she would have gotten with Seth Cohen after you do that, then she was going to do that anyway. So who cares? I feel like now the kids know exactly what to do if their girlfriend's ex-boyfriend buys them concert tickets. <sighs> and Thank they, you. I think we laid that out. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. So, all right. Let's give some... Mm, that's good stuff. So here's here's a line. We were just talking about so how Seth should have played it in episode three with Alex. In episode four, he kind of does play it that way. So here here's the line. Here's the scene where uh, kind of been so self-aware with his patheticness with Summer to Alex... That she's kind of like starting to find him endearing. And it there's this look that she gives him that, you know, we talk about we'd love that look. But there's this look when this music's playing where you look at Alex and those fucking magical eyes. She and, fucking lasers him down. Oh my god, she looks at him and you're like, oh she's god. about to light the bait shop on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a second you think she's going to light the bait shop on fire. And then you're looking at her and you're like, that classic awesome feeling on the whole reason we watch these shows where you're just like... Oh, God. The little moment where it's just... All it takes is just one split second where you're like, is is it on right now? Oh, is... is it, did I just, think it is. Did I just catch that? Oh, my God. I think it's fucking on right now. It is. It's on. I saw that. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it. So, right after she gives that look... He starts to play again, like start. He's playing it perfectly with Alex because he's not trying with Alex. Not in his head with it. He's just naturally playing this, like this game, this indifference game. That's what we should call it, indifference. You got to be indifferent. And he's playing this indifferent game where he just doesn't give a fuck, and he's like ripping on himself. You can tell she's actually starting to get kind of. It's like kind of becoming endearing to her, and then he just like walks away, walks away from the bait shop. And then, so then there's this, there's this moment, this scene. Hard to believe all those girls running out on you. Well, make me try and feel better. What with you being so bratty and immature. Oh, good, you weren't. And even sometimes a little charming. Especially when you're not talking about summer. I know, I just... And knowing is half the battle, so perhaps there's a little hope for you yet. You want to go maybe get an ice cream or something? Ice cream as a nightcap. Yeah. <laughs> you really are eight. And three quarters. Let's go. I'll buy, but um, no more than two scoops. 
right when that happened, Seth and us, we both realized like, oh my God, like out of nowhere, he's been thinking about Summer way too much. And then this other girl comes into the picture who's fucking smoke show. And then just that kiss happens and you're just like, oh my God, this is why we watch. This is why we watch. That was pretty awesome. It's so good. I don't even know what to say about it because it's just so fucking good. And I just like that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We watch for those moments. All right. We're, we got it. We're getting into the hour long mark here. So oh, we wanna... are. I will throw out my MVP. Yeah, do your, We've already yeah. talked about him enough. It's Seth Cohen. These past two episodes, he was so entertaining. He even said it himself, classic Cohen. He needs to get Summer back. He needs to show her that he's not totally yeah. so involved. So mm-hmm. he decides to get her these concert tickets for the show that she loves, even though he's not that into it. They're sold out. What does he do? He gets a job at the concert venue that's yeah. having the show. He had a lot that of That then action. leads him to uh, Olivia Wilde, which, I mean, we don't have to say much about that. Enough said. Uh, enough said there. Um, and then he's literally, he's a second away from just in that same episode where he's just doing all this stuff, just winning Summer back right there. He kind of blows it. He goes in for a kiss a little too soon. He blew it with Summer, but god damn, did he crush it with Alex. Like, that's the thing. He's your MVP of the week. And even when you're an MVP, you can be such an idiot and crush it so hard. Yeah, you can. At the exact same time. You can just bungle your way through life. Yeah. (laughs) As long as you're wearing as long as you're wearing short sleeve shirts over long sleeve shirts. Yeah, that alone to me would make him the MVP of the week, honestly, his right. fashion choices, because we've realized that that's a look that for dudes went away yeah, in the he, past. He did that. I have always claimed that I did that before Seth Cohen, but certainly for about five or six years of my life, that's pretty much all I wore. Yeah, the long sleeve long sleeve shirt under the, yeah. the short sleeve t-shirt, yep. different colors. Of you wear course. like a, a white long sleeve shirt under like a blue t-shirt it's a classic look i think it looks really good on dudes should it come back is it our responsibility to bring that right on back yeah we've been talking about that in our group of friends that i think it's just high time that we really bring that back because it's just a very solid look it's casual yet it shows i mean business all right let's wrap it there let's wrap it there second straight hour long podcast in the books and we're flying now Excellent. We're See fine. you guys. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.